Hello, and welcome to the Rome Rowing League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, I'm going to do a roster prediction now that minicamp is over with. A lot will be decided during training camp and preseason, but I thought it would be a fun exercise to look at what the roster will look like you know, as of right now. I also will point out some guys in the bubble who will need a big summer to make the opening day 53. So with all that being said, let's get started. First, a little mini camp wrap up. You know, I wanted to hit on the Chase Young. I know there was OTAs before the mini camp, but I never really addressed it in a podcast. I know people are upset about Chase missing some, missing both, I guess, weeks of OTAs. I think Montez missed the first week, but I don't have, you know, I have absolutely no problem with it. Chase Young is a premier player, is the best player on this team, and I think fans are gonna have to get used to this. This is kind of what's. I expect it's going to happen going forward. You know, sometimes the best players don't show up for the voluntary stuff. Yes, I know it's only a second year, and they're saying, "Oh, he just try to be a leader." But by all accounts, from what I've you know read and heard from minicamp this week, his leadership is always there. He was even encouraging Jamie Davis to sprint off the field after some reps, just because he says he doesn't. You never know when it's going to have to be this way in the regular season. So obviously, leading my example right there. And even after Jamie Davis got drafted, he took him out for lunch or dinner or whatever it was. And welcome to the team and welcome to the defense. So I have absolutely zero problem with Chase Young missing OTAs. Don't think it's a big deal at all. At all. He was working out. There's no you know, question that he puts in the work. Um, he's, he has off-field stuff, whether it be endorsements like with Under Armour. And I think he did an episode of Family Feud with Steve Harvey, which, quite frankly, I'm looking forward to. Family Feud is a good show. So I think Chase Young on it will be a, you know, a good experience for Washington football fans. Um Next, it seems like players love, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it seems like they also going from his jovial, you know, outlook, which kind of got a drift for that even before he came to Washington. So I think, you know, he's kind of infectious. I think the players are going to rally on him and like playing with him. And uh, it seems like he has a really good command of the huddle. Um, heard he had a little trouble on day three uh, via John Kimes' podcast that about throwing into traffic. And the red zone has been a problem he's had throughout most of his career. It's definitely something that, you know, unfortunately, at this point of his career, he's going to make mistakes like that. Obviously, you just want him to be limited. Um, I hope to have a film breakdown of him, you know, coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I did similar to Curtis Samuel, William Jackson. But, you know, Fitz, you know, is clearly the starter. You know, I think it's going to be something that he just has to keep the offense afloat. You know, he doesn't have to do anything too special. I'm sure he's going to have some games where the fans are going to be loving it. Other fans are going to be, well, well, let's bring in Heineke or Kyle once he makes a couple mistakes. So, um, you know, either way, I think it's going to be a fun ride with him, and let's hope it's a lot more Fitz Magic than Fitz Tragic, you know, this upcoming regular season. Uh, I heard Terry McLaurin looks really good, really good coming out of the off the line. I heard he worked with Doug, Doug Baldwin, you know, which was a really good receiver for the Seahawks for his shortened career due to injury. But, you know, Baldwin is a really good receiver. If he's, Terry's learning from a guy like that, especially with his releases. Um, I think it's going to really elevate his game. Terry was also already pretty good at that, but I loved his mindset that I heard that, you know, he now that the league has two years of film on him, he was trying to look at it, extra nuances to make sure he adds up to his game and, you know, get off the line, which, you know, really helps you at an advantage of a wide receiver. Um, if you get that first step, you know, you really can dictate the rest of the route. Um, I heard he's done a really good job with William Jackson. He had William Jackson beat a few times off the line, which Williams, I think, they're in one of the best press corners in the league right now. So if Terry can do that going forward against you know, top competition, is going to be great for this team and only going to elevate the play of Fitzpatrick and the other receivers around him, like Curtis Samuel and Sims and Yami Brown, and you know the list goes on. Uh, 
Also, I heard Taylor Heineke throw on 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, that's great. You know, I know a lot of people were all on the Heineke hype train after the Tampa Bay playoff game. Um, and obviously, deservedly so. He had an amazing game. He played better than really any quarterback did against Tampa's defense in the playoffs. Um, I do want to say with a caveat, I'm going to look at the film and bring that on the podcast as well, is that you know Devin White didn't play that game. And Devin White is one of the best linebackers in the game. I think Heineke might not have had as much success. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Heineke had an amazing game, especially making his first basically start um, in a playoff situation like that is you know unbelievable. And again, not taking anything away from him. I think he's been a really good backup, hopefully, for this team. And if it struggles, I don't think they're going to hesitate at all to put Heineke in. I think he's clearly the number two over Kyle right now. Um, definitely some stuff to his game. And, you know, love that he put on some weight like that because he was a, you know, smaller, fragile guy. He's always had injury concerns in his, you know, career, brief career so far. So if he can add some, you know, weight to his frame and keep him more durable, it's only going to help him set himself up for future success. Also heard Benjamin St. Juice looks really good, which is great. You know, being a third-round pick, as his team has had success there last year with Terry McLaurin in 2019 and Tony Gibson in 2020. And I think Deami Brown and Benjamin St. Juice are going to carry on that tradition this year in 2021. But Benjamin St. Juice apparently has been great in man-to-man situations, been around the ball constantly. Um, he's dropped some interceptions, but he's always there to break up a pass. Um, kind of what I saw on film to him is St. Juice doesn't have the best hands as of right now, but as long as he's around the ball, can make plays and make some pass breakups, that's a great, you know, find for Washington in the third round. And it's awesome that he's playing this well. I think he'll be 24 in September, so I don't think there's any really way for him to, you know, get ready and develop to play. I think he's ready. Um, you know, if he's ready to play from day one, I think you're going to look to see a lot more of Kendall Fuller in the nickel corner situation. Um, the role that he was so good at for Washington back in 2017. Um, if he can get back to that, along with William Jackson and St. Juice on the outside, that'd be, you know, one of the best cornerback trios in the league if, if St. Juice does, you know, develop and, you know, contribute right away. But because I, I already have high, you know, high faith in Kendall Fuller and William Jackson to begin with. So St. Juice can be that guy. That'd just be phenomenal for this already great defense. Now you will be taking out Jimmy Moreland off the field in those situations. And Jimmy's had some chances and he's flashed and, you know, had some poor performances as well his first two years. And he's a seventh round pick either way. He's been a, he's outplayed his draft position, but he's always, he's a good depth corner regardless. So if he's going to lose some playing time and you want it to be a guy, to a guy like Benjamin St. Juice, who you invested a third round pick in. Um, and I, lastly, the Detroit Happy experiment continues at corner. I hit on that on the podcast with John Kime a few weeks ago. Seems like he's having his up and downs. Um, I've been on record saying that he was overdrafted in that podcast as well. His talent isn't outweighed. His measurables is what got him drafted as high as it did after his combine, you know, running the 4-4. But I, I do, you know, like the team's experimenting him at quarterback. Cornerback, excuse me. You know, you don't want to give up on speed. And that's what, obviously what Hapke has. He's a really good special teamer at the very least. But, if, you know, if he can somehow hold on and make this team the sixth corner, um, I guess, you know, fighting with Danny Johnson and Greg Stroman or even Daryl Roberts, the free agent addition they had. You know, he's, he's going to be in the in contention there, but it seems like he's struggling so far, as, as expected for a guy that's learning a new position. So let's get to this roster prediction. Um, you know, I have the total 53 right now. Very, you know, base of what I think is going to happen. Obviously, a lot more time, a lot of positions are going to be solved in training camp. And in preseason, but as of right now, quarterback, you get the three quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starter. Heineke will be the backup. Kyle will be third string, most likely inactive on game days. And, you know, I think it's a solid group for this team going forward. Obviously, 
still no long-term answer from those three guys, but those three for going into 2021 is a, uh, a group that Washington can at least have some um, faith in going forward. Running back only have three guys right now. Uh, Antonio Gibson is a starter. J.D. McKissick as a third down back. Peyton, Mar- Peyton Barber is a short yardage back. I think there's a potential for a fourth back here between Lamar Miller and Jared Patterson. I think Jared Patterson is going to have a really good preseason. He's a guy that consistently produce a Buffalo. I mean, obviously, he had a game of 400 yards and eight touchdowns in one single game. So I think he's going to have some success at training camp and preseason. Um, I would not be surprised if he takes on this roster. Um, at the very least, I think he's going to be on the practice squad because um, I just do think he's going to have a nice preseason. Um, and Lamar Miller, he's a guy that's been to struggle with injuries the last few years. But if he's past that, I mean, he's a guy that had you know some good success in this league, a couple thousand yard season. So, you know, the fourth back, if they keep one, is definitely going to between those two. A wide receiver, I have seven, and I know that's a bigger number, but I just there's a lot of talent in this um, group this year, which is the most talented group they've had in years. Honestly, it's a lot of guys that uh, can make an impact on this team, and some guys that are going to have to cut that can make an impact on this team as well. But obviously, a Terry McLaurin is your number one. Curtis Samuel, the free agent addition, will make the team uh, be the second receiver. Cam Sims. I think Zephyr made team is great second half of the year last year, and it seems like he's had a great OTAs. Fitzpatrick's like throwing into him those back shoulder situations, so I think he's you know definitely going to have a, a role this year. Yeah, Deami Brown, the third rounder guy, I'm, you know absolutely high on. I've gone through it in this podcast before. I think he's a steal in the third round. He's a guy that's going to. I really plan. I, I really expect to produce from day one. I think at the very least he's going to be deep there from day one, but he definitely can be your starting receiver by 2022. If they decide to go that route, have Adam Humphreys making the team um, as a side receiver. That's a guy that I, I don't know. If, I know everyone is you know saying he's definitely made the team, and I think he will. But I just you know I kind of liken it to the Sean Davis situation where you know everyone thought he was going to be starting for safety last year. He got cut even before the regular season started. So not saying Humphreys will be that way, but a guy with injury history. Um, and if he gets hurt in camp, I don't see how he makes the roster. I know he has history with Fitzpatrick, but you have two other slot guys that, I mean, Humphrey's probably only be here for a year. So why would you keep him if a guy like Steven Sims Jr. actually has a really nice preseason or Dax Milne? You know, those guys are going to be someone on your team for a few years as opposed to um, an Adam Humphreys. But again, I have him on the roster as of right now. I have Antonio Guinea Gould to make the roster. He had a really nice day on day three of the mini camp. Um, a couple highlight plays. Seems like the other receivers like him. This is all what I heard on John Connors' podcast and other reports on Twitter as well. But Antonio Guinea Gould is a guy I was high on, high on the fourth round coming out in 2020. Big body guy. I knew it was going to take a little while to develop coming from a Liberty, you know, small school competition guy. Uh, but the tools are there. Big body guy that's, you know, going to make tough uh, contested situations, back shoulder balls. And that's with a guy like Fitz this year, I think he's going to get some chances. And that's last year he wasn't going to get opportunity like that with, a, with uh, Alex Smith back there, even Haskins. So I think AGG has a lot of potential and, you know, will be a good player for this team eventually. And then the seventh guy I have is Kelvin Harmon. You know, he had a nice rookie year. And obviously a torn ACL, uh, ACL last year. It seems like Rivera's high on him. He's definitely a good blocker. Um, he's going to play special teams for you. Um, if this group, Calvin's going to play special te- teams. I mean, Cam Sims was a good special team before he came, you know, focal point in the offense and he stopped playing. So if he has to, maybe he's going to play some special teams. ADG can play special teams or they're going to have to teach him to. 
because if you're going to keep seven, those guys are going to have to play special teams. But I think Helton will be the last guy in. Uh, the bubble guys are going to be Steven Sims Jr., Isaiah Wright Jr., and Dax Milne, the seventh rounder from BYU. I think Milne's a practice squad guy at this point, um, but definitely some intrigue there. Isaiah Wright made the roster opening day last year, being an undrafted rookie. Obviously, they still like him. He had a you know good start to the year last year and tailed off. Um, and then Steven Sim Jr. obviously had a really nice 2019 as an undrafted rookie. Excuse me, 2020 as an undrafted rookie. No, 2019, sorry. And then 2020, obviously, was not a good year last year. He had a lot of drops, but the talent's there. He's a good route runner. It just, he has some concentration jobs. I just think that it's not like he became a bad player in one year. So, I mean, he had a down year. Um, again, he's facing an uphill battle going forward, but still a guy that, you know, people need to think about on the wide receiver position. Next to the tight ends, I have three tight ends. Logan Thomas, um, obviously had a great year last year. Clear number one tight end. John Bates, the number two tight end. The fourth rounder from Boise State, the rookie. Going to be more of a blocker, but definitely has good hands. Um, and someone that's you know, going to have a role in this team. And then I have Tamara Kemiway as the third tight end. Um, he was on the roster last year. was on the active roster for a couple games um, before getting hurt. So I think he has a leg up over guys like Deion Yelder, Ricky Seals-Jones, and even Samus Reyes. And I do like Ricky Seals-Jones. I think if he has a nice training camp of preseason, he should be on the roster because I think he has a lot of talent, um, at least from the pass catching ability. And I know Samus Reyes has you know quickly become a fan favorite, and I, obviously you love an upside like that. But he, I just I think it's gonna be hard to make him uh, have him on the team right now unless he has an amazing training camp, just because he is so raw and he's never really football for. And that's not his fault going into this year, but it's a guy they could definitely hopefully stash on practice squad and develop in the years to come. Offensive line, I have nine guys. So the starters, Charles Leno Jr. I have Sadiq Charles as a starting left guard as of right now. I think they're high on him. As long as he can stay healthy, I think he can battle out between Wes Schweitzer and um, Eric Flowers. Chase Willie at center, Brandon Schroeder for right guard. Uh, Cornelius Lucas, the right tackle as of now. He was ad- adequate last year at left tackle. I think they're going to give him a shot, but obviously... Um, if Cosme shows, and Cosme will be the starting right tackle, being a second round rookie, second rounder. But uh, the, as the bench guys, at Wes Schweitzer, Eric Flowers, Sam Cosme, uh, and Keith Ishmael, the center guard from San Diego State, the second year player. Um, on the bubble of guys like the tackle David Sharp, who they traded for from the Raiders back in 2020 and during training camp, because um, they might need some more tackle help. As this construction, the guys that can play tackle are Leno, Lucas, Charles, and Cosme. So they might want to keep another guy like that. And then Wes Martin's another guy that's on the bubble. Had a pretty poor year last year. Uh, had a chance to take over that left guard job, but Wes Schweitzer, you know, was definitely the better player, so he ended up playing most of the year at left guard. Defensive line, I have nine guys. Obviously, the studs, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, the starters. Excuse me, I have James Smith Williams making it. Kind of as a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid, kind of what he played last year. Um... I have um, Tony, the seventh rounder pick from last year, from this year, making it for Penn State. I think he can also play a little linebacker, so I have him playing a little bit of hybrid role. Obviously, Tim Settle and Matt Ioannidis, um, and then I have William Bradley King as well, the other seventh rounder. Um, Bubble Casey Bubble would be Casey Tuhill. They picked him up off waivers from the Eagles last year. He was a rookie last year as well. Um, he's going to be in contention. I'm going to talk about this a little later, but you know, right now it's a lot of inexperience behind Montez and Chase Young, so I think it's a, definitely an avenue they can look for in free agency um, coming into camp or even during camp. Hey, linebacker, I have five guys with um, Jamin Davis, of course, John Bossick and Cole Holcomb being the starters. It seems like they're, they're 
putting Davis at middle linebacker a lot right now. I think it's just so they can teach him and have him the capability to have versatility like Ron is so much preach and love to have. So I think Jamin eventually will be a starting outside linebacker with Bosick in the middle and Holcomb on the other side. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a solid group. You know, I think they can upgrade there. But obviously, at this point in the offseason, it's going to be hard to find something like that. But very excited for C.J. Davis behind the Stevenson line. Love his athleticism, field-to-field ability. Yeah, sideline to sideline ability, excuse me. Yeah, I put this on the Draft Review podcast. Is that, you know, a lot of people... And I saw on a film, too, and sometimes he was, you know, having some trouble coming off blocks. But he's going to get better with that in time. And also, playing behind this ferocious defensive line, he's not going to have too many guys to contend with even make it to the second level. So Jamin's going to, you know, eat this year behind that defensive line. And the other two linebackers, I have Kalika Hudson, second-year player from Michigan, guy that has some upside. I think he's going to actually be, you know, he's definitely a good special teamer already, but I think he's a guy that might take some time away from McCole Holcomb um, this year. I think he definitely has some ability. And then Jared Norris, I have him making a linebacker, good special teams player. Um, So in the bubble, guys, you have Joe Joe Walker, Justin Phillips. um, You know, linebacker is definitely a position they could use a little more depth at, but as of right now, I have those five guys. At corner, I have five corners. Kendall Fuller, William Jackson the third. Benjamin St. Juice, who I hit on earlier, I think if they're going to do three cornerback sets, I think St. Juice is going to be in that, you know, that group. Uh, Jimmy Moreland as a fourth corner, and then Dale Roberts, kind of the veteran they signed this offseason, um, a guy that's, you know, been a starter for a few seasons, also a rotational guy, so um, I think he's a guy that has a chance to make this roster that fifth corner. On the bubble, obviously, you have Danny Johnson, um, Greg Stroman. I really think Danny Johnson obviously has a good shot at making this team too. I just I for this purposes of you know this projection, I have Daryl Roberts making over and just numbers wise. Uh, but Johnson also a kick returner, so he's gonna have a leg up there. Atkia obviously has already been practicing a corner as well, so he's in contention. But I just don't see him making it as of right now. Um, last, I mean, next to last, you have the safeties. I have six safeties. Um, but also it's because I don't know why I kept five corners. You have Bob McCain who can also play some corner for them in a pinch. Um, but I have Landon Collins being the starting strong safety. Bob McCain starting free safety. I think they signed him for a reason. He's going to be here to make an impact and play a lot. And I think he's going to start a free safety. He's had a good couple of days in OTAs and minicamp. And he's going to, he's the most natural free safety on this roster. And I think he should start there. Um, and obviously I love that he played nickel and outside for Miami as well. Um, good ball skills. Uh, good tackler as well in the open field, so I think he's a good pickup for them a few weeks ago. Obviously, Cam Curl is another guy. Love Cam Curl. He's going to get his run, even as the big nickel, um, playing a little in the slot as well, um, and a strong safety. Cam's going to get his role. He's going to play 95% of the plays. They're going to play with some three safeties sometime, and those three guys will be it. And then the backup three safeties will be DeShazer Everett, longtime Washington player now, especially for known for his special team ability. Um, Derek Forrest, from Cincinnati, the fifth round pick this year. Another guy's going to contribute on special teams right, right away. And then Jeremy Reeves. He had a really nice um, couple games last year filling in at the end of the year. And I think Reeves has shown the ability to, you know, be an adequate backup safety. And I think he deserves to be on the roster too, especially with the special teams ability. And obviously, lastly, the specialist, um, the Cameron Cheeseman man, uh, the rookie long snapper from Michigan, Tressway at punter, and Dustin Hopkins at kicker. So that's 53 right now. Um, Obviously, a lot, a lot can change. You know, once training camp and preseason, I'll maybe do another prediction. Obviously, after the couple of preseason games and a couple weeks of training camp, and you'll hear from that. But as of right now, I think that's the way the roster is gonna maybe shake out here um, come September. I'm just a few questions before camp that could, you know, could be answered here. These, you know, six weeks or so before training camp starts. 
Um, will you know Jonathan Allen or Brandon Sheriff get extensions? I think Jonathan Allen has a better chance than Sheriff. Obviously, they've been working on a possible deal for that for two years. So if I think it would have happened, it would have happened by now. Going on to a second franchise tag, I think it's a small chance he comes back. Sheriff obviously is a very good guard, one of the best in the league, but he has durability issues. And you know, do you want to pay a guy that has going to have durability issues? He's getting a little older as well. Um, been a great player for this team. Would be a big loss, but you know, you have some depth there now with guys like. Obviously, Sadiq Charles and Schweitzer and Wes Martin and, you know, so either way, it'd be nice to have Sheriff back, but I'm not, I don't think anyone should be holding their breath about that. Jonathan Allen, obviously a better chance. I know Ron loves him. The team loves the culture that he's had. He brought from Alabama. Local guy. Seems like he wants to stay, but there's going to have to be some exceptions made for this defensive line because they're not going to keep all of them. And Jonathan is the first one that needs to get paid, and let's see if they do it. I think they want to. Um, Jonathan's a great player. Um, his sack numbers have tailed off a couple years, but he's not—he's not known for his pass rushing. More, he's more of a better run stopper, better pass rusher than a guy like Deron Payne. But um, you know, I think there's a set number they shouldn't go above. I am really high on Deron Payne. I think he's only going to get better. Um, obviously, he's the best on this team at run stuffing, but I think he has another level to get to pass rushing wise. I see it in him. I saw it at Bama and. Um, I just think that he's going to be the real deal. So I think they need to save money for that, whether that means trying, I guess, letting Jonathan Allen walk or another guy. I, I don't know. But like I said, it would be great to keep all of them. I just don't know how realistically as you can because that's, you know, the cap number is going to come up. Obviously, Montez West going to have to get paid in a few years. Chase Young, obviously. I know he just got drafted, but it'll be here before you know it, too. So they obviously, they got a plan. So it'll be interesting to see if one of those guys get an extension before training camp or even um, after training camp. And lastly, just, you know, we'll look at it to add a veteran defensive end. Like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of inexperience in youth there. I have a two seventh rounders making the team as backup D ends, and it's obviously not the ideal situation. Now, obviously, Chase Young and Montez Sweat are absolute beasts and monsters and great players to build off for this team and building blocks for this uh, franchise going forward. But, you know, when you lose a guy like Kerrigan, you're losing a lot of depth, definitely experience. So maybe they, Melvin Inger might be a guy that wants a starting role, but he's out there. Um, and you know, there's other guys, you know, as well that can come in and you know give you 20 to 30 snaps a game, um, you know, to get some relief for Chase and Montez Sweat. So definitely, and obviously Justin Houston is another guy too, and you know maybe he would accept a lesser role, um, but he might have been a back with Indianapolis or a team like Baltimore as well that still needs some out, uh, outside pass rushing help. So um, I think the veteran DN definitely something that uh, fans can look out for coming into training camp or like I said, or even during training camp. With that, that will conclude this episode of the Rome Round League podcast. Right into the dead time last season. Uh, no more OTAs or minicamp before training camp. It's going to be pretty silent time. It's about six weeks for players to train and get ready for the grind of the first ever 17-game season. I know everyone's really happy for it, me included. It's going to be great to have you know one extra game. I know the players might not be the biggest fans of it, but I think you know overall, you know hopefully going to be a you know good product for the nfl um i think it's gonna be weird seeing those records of 10 and 7 or 9 and 8 i think everyone saw those uh evenness records of 8 and 8 is it's gonna look odd i think for everyone but either way i think it's gonna be great to have that extra game hope you enjoy this edition of the pod uh, you can follow me on twitter at nfl scout 21 and instagram at roman around the league underscore pod thanks for listening please rate and subscribe this is your host tyler roman signing off see you next time